0: Hi. My name is Louise Price. I am your superintendent. And I'm here to give you information about redistricting and also to get your input. I want you to know that uh, the board and I value uh, the input of all of our stakeholders. So this meeting is to gather information. We've already gathered information through our survey. We have had over 900 People take the survey and respond to it. We have had over 90 comments, and we're going through all of that information uh, and making sure that we take that into consideration before making a final decision. The The board plans to make a decision in February if we're able to get all the information and make the best decision that is in the best interest of our students. And that's what this is all about. So, I'm going to give you some background information. I have um, Dr. Doug Outer. He is a professor at Georgia College, and he's the one that has assisted us with rejoining the (coughs) attendance lines. So we're going to be able to share that with you today. These are draft um, proposals. No final decision has been made. So I want to make sure that you're clear about that. So we're going to start out by um, sharing with you, first of all, Um, In case you were not aware, on July 1st of this year, we became a charter school system. And as a charter school system, it means that we have the flexibility to implement innovative programming to meet the needs of our students. It also means that we believe that our parents and community members have a say in the decision-making of the school district. And so we have established governance teams at each of our schools, made up of teachers, parents and community members that provide me with recommendations that I then consider before taking to the board. Those uh, governance teams meet every month and are able to also provide additional input. So just make sure that you know that. those meetings are advertised and they're open to the public. So Um, We are a charter system, and our focus is that we are are committed to excellence. So the agenda today, we're going to spend about 15 minutes just giving you an overview of the redistricting. We're going to talk about um, the pros and cons, so we're going to break you up into groups. We believe that it's really important for everyone to have a voice, and sometimes when you're in a large group that doesn't happen, so we're going to break up into small groups and you're going to be able to look at all the options and give us the pros and cons of each of those options we are going to come back and share some of those pros and cons in the larger group and then we're going to bring it to a close and talk to you about next steps so we have about an hour and fifteen minutes is what we plan for this meeting so understanding the issue we are very proud that we serve 89 percent of the elementary school-aged children in our community um and we do not take that very lightly we take that very seriously and we appreciate the fact that you have entrusted your children to us 89 percent of the elementary school age children attend our public schools um baldwin county school district has not changed its attendance zones in 19 years a lot has happened in 19 years in our community it is time for us to change our attendance zones so that's not an option we need to do that in order to balance our enrollment. Um, We also, as I've said, have gone a lot of changes, um, and then we have too many students here at this elementary school, and we have too few students at Midway Elementary. And so this year, in order to help the overcrowding at this school, we limited the number of students that could attend under House House Bill 251, which is a choice bill. Which means that any parent can apply to attend any school in our district, in the elementary school. And if there's space, we would allow that choice. But this year we limited that and we did not allow that choice because we didn't have the space. Um, If you have too many um, students in a school, it impacts that. Uh, student-teacher uh, <coughs> ratio. In other words, if we want to re- reduce the class size, if we don't have the classrooms, you can't do that. So by reducing the number of students that we have in a school, it gives us the option of reducing the class size at, at every grade level. It also puts the strains on teachers, administrators, and um, in the infrastructure as a whole. So for example, I'm going to use the cafeteria when you start lunch. You really start 10 o'clock in the morning kids in order to finish by at least 1.30. So the more students you have, the more impact it has on the core of the school. Also, too few students leads to lack of efficient use of our facilities. So the fact that Midway doesn't have enough students, it's not an efficient way of using that particular school. And then uh, finally, we have to find solutions to balance our enrollment. We cannot continue to operate the way we have been. I know that it is hard on folks because we love our schools and we don't want things to change. But we have to find solutions and that's why you're here because we need your input. And I think collectively, if we put our heads together, we will come up with the best solutions for our students. So some of the options that we put out there as part of the survey, I have already eliminated one of the options and that was the option of looking at uh, K1, 2, 3, 4, 6. And that's because if we put sixth graders in elementary school, they will miss out on the options that we have in the middle school. And so that's not in the best interest of our students. So we have eliminated that option. So the three options that you will be talking about today are keep our schools the way they are, K5, and adjust the attendance zones. Um, Look at grade level configurations of K 2, 3, 5. That means that because we have four elementary schools, we will pair up schools. And so two schools will be paired up. One will be a K 2, one will be a 3, 5. So we will have two K 2 schools and two 3, 5 schools if we do option number two. And the last option is to look at three schools a K-1, a 2-3, and a 3-5, which means that there is a fourth building that would be available for innovative programming or some other options. So, this is currently, when you go to our website, this is what you see. This, is, this was developed in 1997, okay? Has not changed at all. And so, this is what we're going to look at. How do we adjust the enrollment so we can balance it out across all of our schools? And so uh, Dr. Otter, who's here with me, is going to take you through the process that we use to arrive at the balancing of that enrollment and what that looks like. So I'm going to turn it over to him at this time and pull up his presentation. Oh,
1: thank you, Dr. Brown. Yes. yes it's ready I got the red yes.
0: and I have a mic if you need it. Does, um, do I need a here? microphone you need a mic you are we okay?
1: okay on microphone okay it's delightful to see so many people here this um, process is a little bit complicated so I'm gonna walk you through it as slowly as possible I don't know if we'll have questions now but maybe we'll see how that that works out See what's happening
0: here. Do you need me? I can navigate for you.
1: Well, it's changing the page, but it's not going straight to the page right because of the way it's in a. It. So, if we can just go through it slide by slide. Okay. As Dr. Price pointed out, it was 1997, and as I was informed, we didn't even have this data digitally. I mean, what we had was a map, and it's the same map that you see on the on the website. So. The last time that they redistrict, they didn't even do it in a, what's called a digital manner. The lines weren't drawn using a software that you can recreate very easily. It was probably hand-drawn on a map, so that that dates it a little bit for people in my profession. Now we can go ahead. But what I was able to do is take that map and digitize it. That means to take the existing map and convert it into digital information that can be incorporated into a computer. The software that does this is called Geographic Information Systems. You can basically think of it as computer mapping, but it does more than that because it it also um, allows for a a query of a database. So the information that can be contained in the digital information can include things like how many students, what's the age of those students, you know, where do they come from. All of that information can be attached. To digital digital information it's, it would be hard to put all that information on a paper map but now in the computer age we can create these features and the features that I created were the four existing districts and started playing around with information that can be attached to those okay that was the existing map um, we'll come back to that in just a second the first thing that I was curious to look at well if we have every 10 years a US census, which is supposed to count everybody in the area. Let's take a look at that information. The way census is broken down is into census blocks, block groups, tracks, and uh, administrative districts. So at the block group level, I can map, that's what I see here, all of the numbers of students age five through 10, who should be going to school, and look and see where they are spread around in the county. There are 31 different block groups, and this table adds up to 3,160 students age five through 10. Sure, there's issues with people getting held back or not being in school altogether, but it's important to take that number, divide it into four, and we have 790 students per school. That's kind of a target. If we were gonna balance everything evenly, there is a number right there based on the 2010 census. And I was able to you know, break that out so we could actually look at the age groups and break it up into K through five. Okay, let's, let's go ahead and see what we got. The the situation that we came into is that um, those numbers uh, are not exactly reflected here by the number of students who come to these four schools every day. That number is 2,825. So somewhere out there, there are 335 students, and we're not really sure if they're homeschooled, if they're going to a private school, if they're going to a a church school, or maybe they just aren't going to school at all. We're not really sure. But there's 335 students that the census says were there in 2010, that we're not counting every day here in 2016. These are the numbers that we have right here. These are the numbers by school, and there's the people, there's the number of students coming every day. And you can see here that um the target goal was uh, 790. Creekside is 80 over that and Midway is well below that. So if we take that percentage, Midway's at 31% and Midway's only at 19%. That's what Dr. Price was saying is that we have more people in Creekside and not as and not as many in Midway. Okay. So some of us in our preliminary meetings, um, especially um, um, the member, what we call board member Jackson pointed out that a lot has changed in six years and going back to 2010 data might not have been the best thing when we have actual addresses on most of the students in the school system now. So the district provided me with the addresses for <coughs> 2,654 students. That's not the same as the 2,825 that you just saw because some people were missing. Um, that's what was shown up here. Some people had PO boxes. Some people lived outside of the county. That was only five, but I couldn't very well count them. But there was over hundred students who have PO boxes as their address. And so we don't really know where they live right now.
0: So and let me, let me just address that, that the, we do allow children out of district to attend our school district and pay tuition so you do have some folks whose parents work in our community want their children to go here they pay tuition and they can go to our schools so that's the one thing and then with the PO boxes those folks that have a PO boxes I just want you to know that we are going to ask them to provide us with proof of where they live. so the PO box is not going to serve so those folks are not counted in the numbers that we have here because we're not sure where they are, where they live right now, but they're
1: attending our school. Thank you for that clarification. So there's the, there's the numbers again. Um, the census says around 3,160, the number of students coming every day mostly, maybe not rainy days, 2825, and we're able to figure out where 2,654 of those live. These are the dots that are shown on the map here. And hopefully we'll have a little bit better maps in a second. And I do have the other PowerPoint in my pocket, if we need it. it. Let's go. So my objectives going in were not just to put my colleague, Dr. Mead, on a PowerPoint, but I was glad to see him there. Um, But also to have balanced enrollments, sensible boundaries, efficiency and fairness. For the sensible boundaries, we, I don't want, I wouldn't think that you would want people who live next door to each other going to different schools. That just depletes a carpool or, you know, the competitiveness of students, you know, working on their projects together and things like that. So the lines need, should be drawn in places that don't divide collectives, neighborhoods. The line should be drawn along a major highway, um, maybe through the backs of neighborhoods so that this neighborhood goes there and that neighborhood goes there, or some other useful division. Efficiency and fairness means that we have a system in place now. Well, let's not throw everything out. Let's kind of start with what we have. If it's already working, let's, don't, let's keep it. And to be fair, things need to be balanced. Okay? So the process is essentially to take that digital information, the, the computer feature is the terminology for it, and redraw it. Once I redraw it, it's almost like you put a holiday cookie cutter over a big slab of cookie dough and you come out with different shapes. I'm constrained to coming out with four different shapes and those four different shapes have to include all of the county. That's the only real constraint. So the lines can be drawn as long as it's efficient, fair, and makes sensible and balances the numbers. Every time you cut a, cut a cookie, you pull it out and you start to tally up the numbers and you see, well, how does it... Play out how many, how many students here, how many students there, how many students there, and start to look at the numbers. Okay, everybody, if you understand the process, are you ready to see the result? Okay, let's go to the next one. I'm not sure if that. We map. might. We might have to
0: pull your. Oh, wow. Well.
1: That is the scenario, and hopefully we'll we'll get in there. And the one with the tables. This is, this is the. Let's stay on the map first, and then we'll go to that. Because all the second one does is add to the dots on there. And I have other zooms of that. Where's the river at on that map? The river? Oh, sorry. I'm hitting the wrong button. That's me. That's me. The uh, river is where all the roads end right there. Okay. You see how there's no roads that do anything except for Highway 22? And the lake is up here. So what are the boundaries of those? I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. We'll zoom in a little bit and take a better look at it. What you what you see in this map, and I apologize, it's small. And if you're in the back, we'll put it. We'll leave it up so you can come take a look at it. Would that be all right? Yeah. Well,
0: we'll pull it out. We converted it to a PDF. That's why we can uh, uh, play with it. But le- you, le- could, you could enlarge it. Could you? Yeah.
1: So I didn't spend much time going over the earlier one, but in terms of consistency, this is how the layout of the districts were in 1997, sort of Creekside to the north, mostly constrained by Highway uh, 212 and Merriweather and somewhat by Jefferson and um, headed out towards Country Club. Eagle Ridge to the east, which is pretty much everything across the river before, and this is a new line here. This is a new line which takes the southeast part of the district <coughs> out and gets it to midway. And our major thinking there was that the the, the bridge over the river for the Fall Line Freeway is going to be ready any day now. What? I got to go now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be the first to drive over that bridge. Uh-huh. Ah. So it makes sense for the people who live in the southeast out, out Kings and Stembridge especially because they just hop down to the Fall Line Freeway and jump over the bridge and they'll be at Midway
0: can you can confirm this it is true,
1: but... she just did okay I mean it does kinda make sense you know traffic, okay that's we'll get back to that part. <laughs> um midway Pulled in, you know, everything that had been in Eagle Ridge. There was some adjustment with Blandy Hills. Blandy Hills pulled in this neighborhood off of Midway, and also made some adjustment down here in, in Coopers because they had Coopers split with the railroad. Didn't make a whole lot of sense to take a community that tight knit and say you guys go there, you guys go there, uh, especially when they were going in the opposite directions. You know, they're not even going to Blandy Road. So put Coopers all together with Midway. And then west downtown, west, uh, I guess we call this downtown, west part of in town um, had been in Creekside and moved it over to Blandy Hills to try to reduce some of the overcrowding here in Creekside. And so let's think what the boundaries are. Jefferson going all the way out to, um, to Log Cabin and then kind of moving through the neighborhoods until it hits water and then it's in water. That's a good division. You know, people don't swim to school so much anymore. Back in my day, though, that's yes,
0: <laughs>
1: yes, ma'am. Um, house right now, it was like our neighbor went to Creekside, and then we were out like on a little peninsula, and we were zoned for Eagle Ridge. Was that fixed, like where I hope that so. mean, like a neighborhood? I don't know where you live. You're saying I so. neighborhood? I took again. I took, um, I took. I took the backwoods route, so I go go through the woods behind the houses. Okay. You know and we can zoom in on it later if you want to really show me and then that's from the four-way stop there at log cabin in jefferson i think i went straight on that road that's blake sinclair no that goes right whatever that road is that keeps going north is it okay to take questions Uh, now
0: we we will but we want to do the presentation do the pros and cons and then we'll do interactive but go ahead like for instance i live
1: on highway 212 and it looks like that
0: line is right on 212. it is Is here one side of the road would get one, one to the other? Up
1: until Merriweather, but as you know, not many people live over here at Walter B. Williams Park. Not many people live over in Walter B. Williams Park. No, I'm, I'm, I'm down. I'm right, close close so here's Merriweather, Merriweather and the, the dividing line is through that neighborhood. Oh, you can't really see that. This discussion. is the dividing line here. Everything on Merriweather is in Creekside, out 212 is in Blandy Hills. Okay. There is one road I had to cut in half. I looked for where the houses were. I'm, I'm not sure that little cutoff road that goes through there. Low road. Low road, right. Yeah, I had to just like, well, at some point, it's got to go somewhere. You know. um, this dividing line here is the Norfolk Southern train route, and that didn't change for the most part. It changed up here. But, um, and it's it, the same thing down in Harrisonburg. I had to cut it somewhere on Harrisonburg Road, so I, I just picked the train route. That's something everybody knows where the train goes across. You, you want to pay attention to that, right? So and um, fortunately, we had the our, our director of transportation here, and uh, he said it kind of made sense yeah. as well to. Office here. Yeah. Um, this is the this is Fishing Creek right here. So that's a standard divider between Northtown and Southtown, and so we kept using Fishing Creek, and then it hits the river, and it comes out this way, um, and I just wanted it to go through that intersection of Kings and Stembridge, which is a, a landmark. So if you're north of King Stenbridge, you're on one district, Eagle Ridge. If you're south of King Stenbridge, you're in Midway. And from there on, it go through private property. I'll probably go back and redraw that. I don't think there's houses on those. If there are, I'll make sure that the houses know which way they're going. I don't remember seeing houses there, but the road sh- roads, roads and I won't get into it. If, you, if you've ever used Google Earth to navigate, you know what I was about to say. It's not always right. Okay, let's go ahead and look at the numbers, and we got them to get smaller again. Okay, there we go. Um, Remember, we started out. uh, Actually, there's still there. It is right there. We started out with twenty-eight twenty-five. That's how many students we know are coming to our schools on a mostly regular basis. We can account for the addresses of 2654 of those. And from those two scenarios, we saw that, you know, Creekside was at 31% of enrollment, Midway only 18. But when we look at the actual where they live, Eagle Ridge has 43% of the students whose addresses we have attending Baldwin County K through five schools. So Eagle Ridge is obviously um, a little bit overtaxed. I mean, we know that Creekside is overtaxed because that's who's showing up here. But the Eagle Ridge District is at 43% of all of the K-5 students. That's, that's where more people live. And look how low Blandy Hills and, and Midway are. So we really need to account for the fact that these schools, which should be closer to 25% capacity, 25% of the population, are down around 14 and 13%. That's based on the enrollment addresses, which you know we know we're missing a few there for the PO boxes. So let's go to the new scenario. I call it the 2017 scenario. There we go. And this accounts for all of the students' addresses that we know, because we can't really account for people we don't know where they live. And it divides it along those lines into much more equitable fashion. Keeping Eagle Ridge a little high, but bringing midway up substantially to about 690 again 790 would would have been the target if everybody was accounted for so the only one a little bit low here is blandy but at the same time we want to retain some of the other the goals that we had for redistricting let's take a little and close it, up and
0: i was going to say and if you look up here uh, you can see that uh creekside would drop from 879 to 625 based on this uh scenario and you will also see that when we took where our kids live, there are a lot of students that are going to other schools other than Eagle Ridge. So the balancing, as you can see, allows room for growth, allows room for reducing class size um, if we wanted to do that. and. Um, I think really maximizes the use of each of our facilities.
1: Let's take a, a closer look. The next map shows uh, right downtown. The red lines here were the pre existing boundaries, and the colors in the background are the 2017 uh, scenario proposal. So before, this was Highway 212 right here coming down to 22, and they had, I think, uh, coming along the bypass and i think you can kind of see what this is Um, they wanted this district this was all in creekside before so this this neighborhood across from the high school was in creekside and then they had the road coming along here basically fishing creek there and this line here was the railroad and so we kind of put this neighborhood back together and so i drew it along the railroad to fishing creek came over Um, behind Grove, the Grove apartments and this is Flag Chapel going up to Clark and then going to Columbia all the way to MLK. MLK going west to uh, the hospital and then headed out to the bypass and up to 12. MLK MLK going east over to Jefferson and going north towards the lake. Again, this boundary here is mostly um, Fishing Creek until it hits the river. And then I just I went through the, the, the woods there off of Kings Road. We can leave that up if anybody wants to see it. Okay. What's next? Oh, well, that's, that's I it. think that's it. Um, there's some more pictures, and I was happy to be able to put my, my good friend uh, Chuck Claxton in as well with some of his students. That was my teacher. He was my best friend in eighth grade. <laughs> there you have it. Sorry I wasn't able to get Daniel McDonald in there somehow, but he showed up in person. Uh, Hi, okay. Is the lower boundary of two is that 22? okay. No. to, yes, to 22 there. And then goes across the bypass and then out 212. And then over here, that's K and Jefferson.
0: Where does low road fall on that?
1: Low road is that connector between, um, Meriwether and 212. It's, I put a line down the middle of it because it's, it's strange. It goes east, west. Everything else there goes north, south. Well, uh, part of it is on the eastern side, Creekside on the western side, Blanding Hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to put a line in there somewhere. I look for the, I look for the natural division and where the houses were. <laughs> uh,
0: the same size? Like, do they have the Yes, the same yes size? they do.
1: Yes. Do people reach
0: a Eagle Ridge, Eagle Ridge, yes. Eagle Ridge, hold yes. And we'll pull up those numbers after we we'll come back. They can house
1: 1,200
0: at Eagle Ridge. Yeah. We'll share that with you when we come back together, okay? Um, we'll show you those numbers, because we do want to get your input, and then we'll come back and answer your questions, okay? And we'll have more interactive maps that you can see. We'll bring up the live maps since this is a PDF. Unless I'm un- misunderstanding it, it looks like Eagle Ridge has enough space for more students. They're zoned for more students, but more of those students are choosing to come to Creekside. Has anything been decided to figure out why people well, choose Creekside? I love Creekside. Always, <laughs> but let, me, let, me just, let me just say that we have to have successful elementary schools, and all of our schools have to be successful. Right. Um, and so they are. That like, right. Yeah. I, we, I know why people come to Creekside. I love right. it. I would choose to as well. So. And we have to look at perceptions that are out there that have a long history. Mm-hmm. And we have to begin to change those perceptions. And we have to make sure that whatever is working, let's say here at Creekside, that we evaluate that and see if those same things are taking place in the other schools. And if they're not, how can we make that happen? So we are evaluating that, but there's history there um, that we have to work hard to change. That's hard. But but it's very hard. (laughs) But all of our schools, I'm telling you, and I, I sound like a broken record, any community that is thriving has successful public schools. And so we have to make sure as a community that we work together to make sure that that happens at every single one of our elementary schools. We can't have some schools that are doing well and other schools that are not because that impacts the economic development of this community. And so it is my job to work with our administrations, with our teachers, and with you as parents to make that happen. Is that going to be easy? Absolutely not. But can it be done? Yes, it can. If we decide that we're going to work together. And I say that you take back your public schools. You get folks to come back to the public schools. We're serving 89%. So obviously, we're doing something right. But not all of our schools are viewed in the same manner as the Creekside. And so what do we need to do to change that? And that's what we're working on. I honestly think that's one of the biggest things that right. people worry about. It's not the physical distribution of the schools. If, if my child is not allowed to go to Creekside, are they going to get the, the, same, the same education right. that I want them to get? Because right. looking at the map, I'm zoned for Creekside either way, which relaxes me a lot. But I worry about my friends who right. chose to come to Creekside because they love the school just like I do. As far as the curriculum, as far as resources, it is the same at every single one of our schools. No,
1: they're not. They
0: have different exploratory options. They're not equal schools. They're not four equal schools. They don't all have options. We researched when we moved into the district, and the reason we moved here and put this school is it was the only one that had all four exploratories, for example. Okay. What you, okay, what you're describing has to do with the art, the music. Sure. That was prior to my tenure, the principals were given an option of deciding which exploratories they wanted to offer. And some of those schools chose to have computer teachers instead of art or music. We are changing that. So the only school that does not have art is Blanding. Every single one this year of our elementary school has a full-time music, a full-time art, and a full-time PE. Next year, Blandy will have a full-time art teacher, like every other school. Yeah. That is my job, to make sure that those resources are equal right. across all of the schools. But you're right, that was not the case. But yeah. well, I, I think some of that
1: led into why yes. the numbers are off.
0: I agree. I agree, okay, I agree right. with you. And that's what I'm saying. We have to look at what we need to do to change that
1: Understood.
0: so that we do have all schools that are equal. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me get your input, please, because I really want to hear your pros and your cons. And we won't take as much time, because I know you have questions, and I want to give you the opportunity to ask questions. And I will stay here as long as you need me and as, as many questions as you want to ask. I'm open to it, but I want to get your input on these three options, okay? So what I'm going to do is going to divide you into groups. We're going to count off in groups of five, okay? So you may be separated from your loved one uh, for a few minutes, um, and I hope that you're okay with that. So um, we have folks from the district and the school here that will facilitate those groups, and we're just going to count off uh, by five. So one.